From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. Building off of part one of our two-part series on local control, we continue the conversation with Mayor Kevin Bash from the City of Norco and discuss what local control means to him in light of the needs of our growing population. So Kevin, I wanted to take a step back and take a look at inland Southern California communities, and more specifically Riverside and San Bernardino counties. With our region poised to continue to be one of the fastest growing areas in California, what do you think is the best way to support our growing population while still preserving the community's culture that we discussed in part one of our series? You know, I've thought a lot about that. Part of the problem is that while we get along as cities, ultimately we're competitors. We're just like any other business. And so we're constantly, and I, and I am an anomaly and I am an anomaly because I do tend to be, my thought process is more encompassing. When I think of Norco, my next thought is Corona, Europa Valley, and Eastvale. And so I tend to be more regional in my thought process. I fight tooth and nail for Norco, but I get that I've got to have those neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason we're the fastest growing is because cities are destroying themselves. Ultimately, people grow up and they don't want to live in a tiny apartment. Now, I, I get that, you know, they're trying to train people to say, okay, you can be ride your bike to the train station and, you know, and hopefully you'll build parks. But the problem is, is it's a catastrophic failure. Look at Los Angeles. Los Angeles has lots of, I lived there for many years, lots of parks, lots of cool things to do. Um, if you want to get someplace quick, just plan on getting there three and a half hours later. <laughs> you have people that are literally laying in the streets and and you have businesses fleeing and you have people coming to our area who want a yard, who want to have a single family home. They want exactly what the wealthy folks want. They know, I mean, one of the things about Norco is that you know, normally to live in a large lotted area, you've got to be rich, but Norco's middle class. And so people are fleeing because they're tired of the crime. They're tired of the, just, it's a, it's a hard life to live in a city. And so, you know, I know there's some people that just love the hub bub of the city, but truthfully, most of the people that I know that now really like Los Angeles or San Francisco, have enough money to be distanced from the problems. And again, how in a city like Los Angeles can you even hope to have a voice? And that's the other thing that Sacramento is stripping away from us, our voices, our voices. You, you, you're taking away the ability. When you say, we're just gonna split every lot in the state of California, screw you. What you're doing is that person that comes to my podium and says, well, how come my neighbor's building this? And you can say, well, that was a mistake, or well, we voted on it, or well, and then he gets mad and he says, well, I'm going to vote you out. But he will have no ability to protect where he lives. And you know what? 
they know it. That's what's so, I don't know what's driving this. And part of it, you know, sometimes, I always have these little analogies. Is it, is it easier to go out and do a march or is it easier, is it easier, what's easier? Clean your house, mow your lawn, make your house nice, or is it easier to go out and hold a sign and say, we will overcome whatever cause you're fighting? The truth of the matter is, is most elected officials are not spending enough time at home. They're not spending enough time keeping their own house in order. And I think part of it is, is they don't know what to do. So somebody like, I mean, I've, we, Norco's not perfect, trust me when I tell you that, but we spend a lot of time working on stuff here at home. And uh, I may have told you, my first, camp, my first meeting with city manager was, uh, she said, well, you want the good news or the bad news? My very first meeting, I said, well, I want the good news. I'm a positive kind of guy. <laughs> he said, well, the good news is there is no good news. It's all bad news. We have almost no money in the bank and we can't make payroll. And I'm like, well, welcome to Norco City Council. Thank you so much, predecessors. <laughs> and we, uh, we have worked very hard to diversify our income. And uh, in fact, we just found out today one of our big money makers is going to be leaving the city. They're retiring. And it's, a, it's, it's in the top 15. I can't tell you because it's proprietary, but they're in the top 15 uh, biggest sales tax generators. Ten years ago, five years ago, that would have been catastrophic. But today, we have lots of other businesses. We don't like it, trust me, but it's, it's not like it used to be. And I just think that, uh, I don't know, the Inland Empire, we are poised if we manage ourselves well. But one of the things that's happening now, just in the Inland Empire, is the politics. I mean, you've got, it, it, what's happening is they're in some ways trying to replicate what's occurring in Sacramento, you have a super majority. And sometimes I wonder, I, I have a real good friend of mine um, who's, who's just a flame of liberal, but he's got the right attitude because he's, he's got that whole side of him. But when it comes to a city, he says, hey, I represent my city. I'm gonna do what I need to do against these legislators and the legislation they're passing. And I think we need more of that. I think that each city needs to really, and there's many, many good elected officials in, in the area, but I'm seeing more and more there's this right versus left and left versus right, and, and that will destroy us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping that WRCOG can take a stronger role um, in that. Um, there's one thing about COGS is that people tend to be happier when they're there because they don't feel the pressure but I think we need to feel the pressure. Hmm. And then uh, Cal Cities, which is formerly the League of Cities, um, the, at, the, at this moment, they don't really represent us. And so I think of a lot of these, you know, people say we're gonna be this big, fantastic place, but if the state legislature keeps doing the stuff they're doing and, and forcing all this housing down our throats, and you know, and that's, it, it's really ironic because they want to force the housing down our throat, but then they say, oh, by the way, you guys take care of the water needs. By the way, you guys take care of the power needs. Mm -hmm. So we come back and say, well, you know what? You build all those houses, there's not enough water and not enough power. And what you hear is crickets. Mm -hmm. And then the next report is, you guys will take care of the housing needs, you take care of the water. I mean, 
there's because they can't do it. I mean, I know a little bit about water in my little tiny world because most people don't know Norco has its own municipal water system. Now we purchase a lot of water on the outside, but we did that because actually councils before me um, realized that there were going to be water difficulties. We're also blessed we sit on top of a lot of water in a non-adjudicated valley. So we're able to do that. But ultimately, if you they're talking building millions of homes, where are you going to get the water? And we don't even have a place at the table to say, guess what? We're going to have to figure something else out because this is not going to work. Um, the big one too right now is the whole ADU thing. They don't go by our... our um, I mean, how? Let's say you build an ADU in backyard, every backyard. What does that do to your neighborhood? Are people gonna? Why are people gonna continue coming from the city into the Inland Empire if you just replicate what they just left? And they know what it looks like. They know what the signs are that it's coming big time. So I think that one of the things that really does need to happen is the partisan politics need to go away. Mm. And on the left, because it's the left that needs to stand up to the left. And they need to put their communities first. Um, you know, our area is an area that uh, Norco, Europa uh, Valley, La Sierra, Woodcrest, those are four major large lot areas. Large lots are required for equestrian uh, lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And you have local officials that are literally voting against those communities get against the protections of those communities. Mm -hmm. And so you have to ask yourself, well, why are you an elected official here? And so it has to stop because if it doesn't, um, we're just going to go the way of the dodo. You know, I, sometimes I refer to Norco as the, the Alamo. So hope that answers your question. I wanted to start rounding out our conversation and really ask, we've been talking a lot about some of the challenges that are centered around local control, whether that be political or maybe just even the practical um, implications of what state mandated housing could look like with water or other resources. And so we've talked a lot about that, but I wanted to shift the perspective a bit and ask when you imagine and dream of what the Inland Empire could look like in 10, 20, 30 years down the road. What are characteristics that you hope to see? Well, I suffer from the same thing that I, at the beginning of this conversation that I described. I, I'm like the guy that drives by the restaurant and it's gone. This last year, I hope people are paying attention to what's disappeared. This has been a, there's been a shift in our government and in attitudes that is astonishing. I mean, if you, I can remember listening to a candidate uh, during the presidential election talking about giving people money every month. And unfortunately, human nature is such, you do that, people don't want to work. And there's two kinds of people in the world. One, they have to be pushed, and two, they're self-motivated. Well, if you get to a point where there's no reason to be self-motivated, you've got problems. So right now, they're handing out lots of money, and I, I get, I understand it, but 
you've got employers that are that are going under right and left and that the only people making money other than the very wealthy that have figured out something I could never figure out but is your public employees and everybody is forgetting the reason that America is great and everybody's forgetting this is we created the strongest middle class private middle class in the history of the world and everybody forgets that's where all the money comes from you know the Louis the 14th you know he what he he figured out the way to control the people closest to him who he knew all had knives underneath their clothes was to wear beautiful clothes and get everybody around him to copy him and get indebted to the middle class so what is happening is and then you know unfortunately when your middle class shrinks entire civilizations are overthrown when the have-nots overcome the haves and when the political class also overcomes the middle class and so what I'm seeing right now just in our little microcosm of California is Sacramento is overwhelming uh, the middle class and they're 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 flooding neighborhoods with 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 just people and so what's going to have to be solved um, we're either going to just say okay we're going to just the future now is pack and rack them or we are going to have to figure out a way to to hang on to and our middle class so what's middle class they want to live in a house they want to live in a neighborhood where they where they have some control where if they get upset they can talk to their and if we don't preserve that and protect that if we don't protect the ability of John Doe to stand in front of the city council or and that city council has the ability and some power to advocate to an assembly and a senator and those senators have an ability to advocate to to the federal people if we lose that if we become somebody where your assembly people and Senate control everything down, we're finished. Mm. We will become an entirely different society. And here's the irony, those societies exist all over the world. So the other thing I'm hoping is that the young folks, I was very disturbed by those young planners. I, what I really wanted to say to them was, don't be lazy. What do you, what, all those people, you're standing on the shoulders of, of generations of people that built this nation for you. This is very dramatic, but when my father hit the beach of Peleliu in Okinawa, you think he was thinking, okay, I'm only fighting for that guy, but I'm not fighting for anybody else. They were fighting for an ideal. And more than anything, that's what's been shaken. The other thing that's going to have to be straightened out, and this is going to be a very unpopular view, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail and blah, 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 but um, they better fix the voting system. They better fix it. And because when your voting system is not, I, you know, if I were somebody that won an election and somebody said, oh, that didn't look right, I would say, okay, do everything you can to look at that voting system. There's something wrong. 
And even if there's not, why are they fighting looking at it? So if we don't clean up the voting system, because what makes America great is you get to vote the bums out. 90% of the world, you can't vote the bums out. And California is becoming like that. When you are able to hire people to go out, I have one vote. Actually, I got six votes, but I only used one of them. But when you go out and you can hire people because you have money and you can hire a hundred people to go collect a hundred votes apiece, you're gone. You no longer have the ability to vote the bums out. And so my, my biggest fear is that we are going to flip this government so that John Doe or Judy Chang or whoever, whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever race, nationality, will not have the ability to have a say in the government. That's what made America great. You know, even when it was imperfect, we were like, we're Americans. We can say what we want to say. Um, and unfortunately, what may happen to wake everybody up is a catastrophe. But what's amazing is we just came through a catastrophe and it was used as a political weapon. I mean, we're doing some very, very, very stupid things. And then ultimately, I guess the big one is, is um, are we a country or are we not? And the young folks are going to have to, they're going to have to answer that question. Are we a country with, with, walls, boundaries, or are we not? Are we going to become a global economy? I mean, a global, you know, what is it that Hillary Clinton said? She wants to have no borders in, on the entire hemisphere. Well, you know what? How's that working in Europe? How's that working in a lot of the other countries? Because what happens is, is eventually people flock to where they can live the best life. And those are, those are the huge questions that are going to have to be asked. Mm. And then the other one, I, what I look forward to, and I hope I'm here in 20 years, I want to see if global warming was true. I think there's <laughs> an issue. I think we need to take care of it. We just, I, I, I want to, I want to find out. I want to find out. I'm looking forward to that history because I'm old enough that there was a lot of other things exactly like that that people got behind none of it came true. I'm not saying we shouldn't be good stewards. I'm not saying, but, but when the United States in the last few years has really cleaned up their act, but other countries have not, but we're going to, we're going to literally choke our economy and not address those other countries. Those are the kind of things that, and when I say address them, I don't mean we kumbaya get together and do an agreement. We say, wait a minute, we're not going to buy cars from you. You got to take care of this. We're taking care of it. So you got to take care of it. Otherwise, you're off limits. And I think those are those are the real questions. And then the other thing that needs to happen is freedom of the press. Right now, right now people are just being lied to. And it's uh, on both sides, I'm sure. But there's something something has happened to our ability our megaphone is American. Something is, we've lost something. And, and uh, my biggest fear for my granddaughter and my daughter is that 10 years from now, they're going to go, oh my God, did we make a mistake? And it's too late. And uh, 
But I'm an old guy. I just, I think it's the greatest country that there ever was. And I think if we can hold on to that and still be inclusive, still be all those things, which, which we are, we are. You know, one of the things that amazes me is how does somebody get elected four or five, six terms and they still have, they still have crappy streets. And so you think to yourself, how does that happen? You know, I have one street in Norco that doesn't look good. And I hear about it all the time until I find like, how do I fix this street? You're going crazy. Um, so I just, I don't know. The future, I, I think in a lot of ways, science and different things like that, I think it's going to be bright. People will live longer. But America has to hold on to what we have been and that has to be tied to what we would become. We can't keep tearing everything down. We just can't. It's just not going to work. And the sad part is, is they're not teaching the real histories in school. They're not. There's no, there's no uh, teaching of evolution in terms of, oh, you know, it's like the, the Mark Twain stories where Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer, I don't remember all of a sudden, looks at, Jim, and said the, the whole point of that book was, oh my God, we're the same. Those realizations, that's, you know, part of the reason that that's, you're able to have those kinds of thoughts and changes and realizations is you're not hungry. You have a middle class. Mm -hmm. And there's enough money that you can say, whoa, maybe I shouldn't be treating people like this. But when you're starving, you're like, I'm taking what's yours, buddy. And that's what, that's what most of the world is like. And North America is not, yeah, there's areas like that. There's crooks everywhere. But our society should never be defined by the crooks, mm. in my opinion. Well, thank you so much for um, being a guest on our podcast today, Kevin. I really appreciate your service, not only to the city of Norco, but as you mentioned earlier, just the perspective of regionalism that you bring to the table. And I think that local control is something that is often tossed around a lot kind of in conversation, but to really dive in and to consider what that looks like practically when we think about some of the major challenges for our region, I think that it opens up whole new conversations that we maybe haven't fully thought through all the way. Um, so with that, I Thank you again. Thank you so much. But do you have any final remarks before we sign off? Oh, uh, I've enjoyed this. And uh, I um, I appreciate that WRCOG is going in a, what I, I'm perceiving as a, a new direction um, in, in not only trying to create a united advocacy, but I think that uh, your your recent podcast and this one, it's it's nice to be able to tell to tell the truth of one individual, but I, I really like the fact that WRCOG is, is trying to highlight and, and find solutions to some of the problems we're facing. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Kevin. Well, thank you so much. For more information on WRCOG and the COGCAST, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us.